right, and we are back. Welcome into another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. It is Wednesday, March 29th. Boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to get into today. Obviously going to dive into the uh, Aaron Rodgers saga and where the Jets and Packers stand in terms of trade details. We have to talk about Elijah Moore, new Cleveland Brown, the trade that goes down last week. A few updates on some Jets free agent signings, guys that have left the organization. And we'll take a look at some other pending free agents um, and guys that are interested in the Jets or guys that the Jets are interested in. Before we get into all of that, before I bring Teddy in, please make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Uh, same with the YouTube. I am at uh, Spring Blake with four A's. Teddy is on Twitter at Teddy Huncho. I usually do that the reverse way, and that kind of really fucked my memory up. Um, but Teddy. You nailed it. We, we didn't do a show last week. I unfortunately ran out of time before I went on a family vacation, so we had to uh, push back. We didn't miss too much. Stuff came out later in the week, and we were going to record Monday anyways, so for the time being. But it's been a little bit. Two weeks. How you doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. You know, we took the break, but that's cool. Um, I'm going to do do the same thing next week, take my own Oops. little break. Um but uh yeah a lot going on for the jets it feels good to have a to come into a podcast with just like a full slate of stuff to talk about um that's actually like real as opposed to just like players saying things you know so yeah, exactly it's real and exciting too you know outside of you know obviously them losing a young talent um in elijah moore which at the end of the day we'll you know we'll, we'll dive like i said into that a lot more uh, but it's exciting stuff around the jets because the jets are in a place now where not only are they bringing in a franchise quarterback um but they also are getting free agents that are actually interested in playing for the jets not just beyond money beyond just it's more of like forming a team that actually wants to contend for a Super Bowl. So it's a real fun position to be in. A lot more fun than some other off-seasons people could be having, especially off-seasons of the past for the Jets. So uh, seems to be a pretty cool spot to be in, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The Rodgers stuff, you know, is is ongoing and, you know, not official, which is frustrating, but we're kind of acting that way. And it does you you see the moves that that uh this team is making and you know the interest in a guy like Odell and and all these other free agents and and it it you see that they're really just putting their best foot forward and saying like we are going for it you know we are going to try to win a super bowl to try to be a real contender to do whatever we can to get as much talent put on this roster as possible um which is awesome you know cuz how many times when you're not in that position which you know is forever for us um, any move like that, oh, the Jets aren't good enough to make that move. Like they're not one player away, whatever, whatever. It's like, we really feel like we're right. We're knocking on that door right now. So, so yeah, you're right. It's exciting and, and fun. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to sign some guys that we like. Yeah, exactly. And and the first domino that seems that it's going to fall is the Aaron Rodgers trade. Um, we are approaching a closer point. Um, as recently as late Monday night, a report came out that uh, Rodgers will be coming to New York for what is appearing to be a 2023 second round pick and a, con a conditional 2024 second round pick that could become a first performance base. And I think a lot of that kind of stems now. And what the holdup is, is Aaron Rodgers and how long he wants to play in the NFL. He's not going and giving New York necessarily like a two or three year commitment because the last three years he's contemplated retirement. So I don't think they expect that out of him, but I also think Rodgers also knows that maybe if things go well, he could extend it, but he's also almost shut the door a few times now. Teddy, we, the last time we were recording, you were like, 
it it's gonna happen but there's still that little bit of doubt there how do you feel now and how do you feel about the trade parameters now that they've come out as well too yeah yeah starting with the trade parameters uh i i think it's it's good to see that there's not a first in there i was kind of like the the it it felt like i was on an island of being like the only jets fan who wouldn't have cared if we gave up a first just because i just want to get it done um but you do think about like what keeping that number 13 pick could do especially if you if you nail it um and and so yeah so that's exciting and it's like i'll give them the the conditional 24 first you know if we're awesome then go ahead take it you know then it's all worth it so i really like that the way that conditional picks work because it's great it's kind of like you know it's like hey we'll we'll pay for what we get yep um but yeah so that's cool in terms of my mindset right now i think the uh what 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 do they have league meetings or it's like the gm meeting where do they take that picture every year what's it like called they're all in are they in arizona this year i feel like it changes every year where they're at they're in arizona this year but it's owners gms coaches meetings are all happening at the same time yeah yeah so it's kind of like a fun time and and after watching joe douglas's press conference and then quickly being like well i gotta see what what goody says over in green bay (laughs) um after watching those press conferences, I mean, I, my, my, my percentage of this not happening has, has dropped below 1%, um, very close to zero. I'm scared to say zero. It should be zero. You can just tell by the way that everyone's talking and the way they're answering, like, there's a lot of questions of like, basically every beat reporter is just like, Hey, you keep saying there's no timetable you're not putting pressure on this. Like what, what is the backup plan? And basically across the board, everyone's answer is just like, it will figure it out. You know, it's going to be all right. Um, Joe and Joe Douglas and Brian Guttenkunst are supposedly great friends who talk all the time. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of there. You, you listen to Guttenkunst press conference. He number one, put all the blame on Aaron Rodgers for, for, he basically refuted everything he said on the Pat McAfee podcast about them coming to him and saying, you know, we're going to move on. His story is that they were trying to reach Aaron Rodgers, never did. Um, but he is is fully in on Jordan Love. Like you can just tell the way he's talking about the team, the way he's talking about where they're going. Um, and even he, you know, as they asked him about it, he's like they're talking about a deadline and urgency. The Packers beat reporters, and he kind of brings up like, oh well, you you guys know what happens on June first. Like if we get rid of him before then, it saves us quite a bit of money. Whereas in Joe Douglas's press conference. You know, he is cool as a cucumber. Like you have never seen a guy who's trying to play it cool more than Joe Douglas because he's just, you know, we're in no rush. Everything's fine. Um, and then you even got Robert Sala jumping in, who I know this was like a planted. This had to be like a planted line. But they even ask him, they're like, they're like, what what uh, what happens if this deal continues to not get done? Like and it's OTAs and training camp and all these things. And he's basically, and I, they might have brought up the the connection between the offense coordinator and Sal's like, yeah, I mean, it's not like he needs to learn the offense, you know. The, <laughs> there's little things we'll adjust once he gets in here, but but we're in no rush to bring him in here because he'll be able to pick that up right away. Right. Um, so it, it seems to me, after all the leverage talk that went down, it seems to me that 
that uh, the Jets are actually winning that battle, which is pretty funny after everything that, that was going on on Twitter the past couple of weeks. Which is exactly the way it should have been. And and it's the Packers are going to carry that money and also transition to Jordan Love and just let Aaron Rodgers sit at home in, in Franklin, Tennessee. Like, that's not going to be what happens. So it's, you know, I always okay. thought as soon as I heard that, I was like, the, the leverage, what the fuck does that mean? So that's funny to hear the difference in their press conferences. One of the things that I picked up in the press conferences, which was really fun, was in the coaches. Um it was Matt LaFleur talking about his relationship with Robert Sala. And apparently it goes back to time is early, early in Houston, where at one point Sala had like vouched for LaFleur to be hired in, brought into Houston. And their careers obviously have taken off um, into these points now where they're both head coaches. They spoke right around the time that the trade stuff started coming out. And they were like, hey, we're going to let the Packers front office and the Jets front office take care of this. I'm not going to go in and do anything. Don't don't feel like, you know, I'm going to be stepping on your toes, doing things that I shouldn't be like. We're just going to let them handle it and we'll keep our relationship intact. So that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, I think it, it at least for me, you know, and maybe it's 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 just the, the ignorance is bliss me who likes to like like see the, the the less shady side of things but but to me watching these press conferences did, did kind of like put away the idea that that anyone is really like digging their heels in and like going back on their word or right. or just trying to kind of like you know negotiate in bad faith as joe douglas said um you know joe talked about his relationship with with the packers gm he talked about um I don't know. You just kind of have, have we've we've seen the way he operates over the past couple of years, and to me, it really does kind of confirm that this is just like letting the process come out. Maybe they don't fully agree on things, and they are, you know, playing hardball a little bit, not trying to give in. They're trying to make compromises, but not give things to up, not give up too much. But I don't think this is in any way bad blood, and I think you see that between the relationships and the coaches and the GMs. Um, which you know, again, it's just like another sign where it's like. We're all stressed because this hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen, you know? Yep, exactly. It's a very relaxing thought. What's cool about it, too, we're going to talk about free agency later in, but it's, you know, in free agency, when these deals are coming out for guys, like, they're they're pretty active in wanting to get stuff done. There are some pretty big names that I think are still holding out, just waiting for this trade to officially happen before they come with the Jets, and that's that's a... I said it again at the beginning of this episode. It's a cool spot to be in if you're the New York Jets right now, because it's like, yes, we could be, you know, in a normal situation, you could be losing out on some of these free agents just because the quarterback situation is so in flux here they in New York. But I think for... exactly. They they want to take another situation. If, if Odell is, you know, wants to go play with a great quarterback, you know, I know he talked with the Ravens earlier. He's met with a few other teams. He's holding off for the Jets. Rodgers and Odell have wanted to play with each other for years now. He almost came to Green Bay before he went to the Rams. So there is that connection there, and they want to get this done. And being in New York also helps it as well, too. But it's just a really cool situation to be in where the the Jets don't have to panic or rush things whatsoever. Uh, and that's regardless of quarterback, because, you know, we know they're going to be patient with that. But in terms of filling in the rest of this roster in free agency, it's almost like the free agents are like, don't worry, figure this out. And then we'll, we'll get our deals done with you when we're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Salah had a little nugget, just like a little one-liner in his, in his press conference. Someone asked him about that and he was just like, yeah, like it's really cool. You know, there's like a buzz around the organization and a lot of these guys, you know, just want to come here and play. 
and it really is just like it's everything you just said i mean that's what you hope for and and it's it's another testament to like this team these players in the nfl are looking around at the landscape and they're saying all right well we got this top three defense in the league. I changed which number I say whenever I talk about the yeah, defense. It's top three. It's <laughs> but top we got three. this top defense. I, I always want to say top one. We got this top one defense in the league, and we got Aaron Rodgers coming. We got, you know, these guys know what's going on, and they, you know, Robert Sal is an awesome guy, clearly. Did you see that picture of him and Odell hugging? I know you did because you said it did. to me. I did, yeah. But it's he, – he's just like the man, you know, and Joe Douglas, the way he's carrying himself, I honestly – really respected um as much as like i would prefer lamar jackson over aaron Rodgers, but joe douglas kind of coming out and saying like hey listen we're, we're not negotiating in bad faith like we're not going to explore that because we have a plan like i respect that and again that also kind of points to like this is going to get done it's just a matter of when um so yeah from the rogers front things are feeling good yeah it's a good spot to be in most comfortable you felt about a jets quarterback since Ever, forever, ever. <laughs> forever, at least for it's us. It's quite literally the best James quarterback, like since Joe Namath, and like probably realistically, Aaron Rodgers is better than Joe Namath. But, but with that pedigree, whatever, it's right. like the Jets have not had a good quarterback, a top quarterback in the league since Joe Namath. Oh, it's so exciting! I wish it was September. Um, well, Teddy, hmm. to, to kind of move things along here, one guy that Aaron Rodgers will not be throwing the football to next season is Elijah Moore. Uh, he was disgruntled at the early and mid parts of the 2023 NFL or 2022 NFL season. Um, obviously, there was that big blow up at practice. They send him home. His role with the team never expanded after a brilliant rookie season. He is now headed to Cleveland. Um, along with pick 74. So the Jets also send their third round pick this year. And in return, they pick up pick 42. Um, you know, when you look at the trade return, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, just to kind of add further context and connecting it with the Rodgers trade, that being able to keep a second round pick here is is huge. And and while also giving one up for Rodgers this year. So whichever pick ends up going, it'll be nice that the Jets can still have one because there's still holes to address with this team. But for the, the trade itself, you know, I, what when when it finally happened and, and there was a signing that took place that kind of brought and sped along this process and next thing you know more is shipped out at almost what two hours later maybe maybe even less after the Michael Hardman signing but yeah um you know a, a player that didn't want to be there um a player that we were hoping could maybe figure things out if Aaron Rodgers came in if this offense got a little bit of a facelift and, and could hopefully be a good talent there for the Jets he's now in Cleveland take me through your thought process as this all went down yeah, you know, I uh, I'm an Elijah Moore guy. I, I got a soft spot for these wide receivers that we draft in the in the higher rounds. Um, so I I definitely was on the side of wanting to keep him, um, thinking that he could blossom a little bit with a better quarterback, um, who could actually kind of facilitate him. I think I've seen the, the it goes viral, not viral, but I see it on Twitter all the time on Jets Twitter uh the cut up of like every every play where he's just like running wide open this season and zach wilson just doesn't hit him um (laughs) so it's one of those things where like when 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 his trade request went down i remember just being really frustrated and it putting like a really bad taste in my mouth because you know we were winning and things seemed to be going up and then here you got this guy you know stoking the fire a little bit but when you do look at how the season kind of went, it it, it speak to him. It spoke to him being correct in his frustration with the quarterback and the guy not being able to get it done. Um, 
I definitely was like not expecting an Elijah Moore trade. Um, I understand that he was like disgruntled, but because of kind of the direction that everything was going with the team, you know, getting a new quarterback, whatever, I kind of thought he was just going to be like, all right, we're good. Um, so I don't know how to take that. I don't know if the Jets were actively shopping him and he was saying, I want to go. Um, in the interviews today, if you take what, what or not today, but in the last couple of days, if you take what Joe and, and Robert Sala were saying at face value, their story is basically, I think it was Sala who said it, they signed McCole Hardman. And then along with that signing, all of a sudden, you know, they're getting calls with interest from Elijah Moore that they weren't shopping him, but, you know, people saw the deal, they connected the dots and supposedly, you know, the Browns gave that offer and Joe Douglas said, Hey, that's the offer I'm going to take basically giving Elijah Moore in a third to upgrade that third to a second, which value is kind of difficult for me. I'm not really like up to speed on that. And, and I'll let you speak to that a little bit more, but just from the perspective of like, we signed me Cole, we signed Alan Lazard. Hopefully we're signing OBJ and, you know, the idea that like maybe Elijah Moore wasn't super happy. There's not enough room for everyone. The, the, the idea that you can get, you know, upgrade that third to a second for a guy that maybe wasn't going to fit in regardless, you know, I like to view it that way and say, say, you know, it's a good deal for them, but, but I definitely, it, it's tough to see him go. And if you, if I see him succeed in Cleveland, that will just hurt because, it would have been cool to have like two really good receivers in Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson that, that we were able to draft back-to-back years that, you know, just became stars. Yeah. I thought he yeah. deserved a fair shake with a good quarterback, I guess. I agree with that as well, too. I was also very shocked when the trade went down. I guess I, I, I was shocked. Here's what I'll say. I was shocked with the Mecole Hardman signing because that is what painted like, Oh, Elijah Moore is out. So I guess I, I I'm not surprised necessarily by the transaction of the trade, but bringing in me Cole as the replacement, I, that was what kind of spun to me as like, Oh shit, they're really going to move on from him this off season. I just, I through the history of Joe Douglas, he always gets phenomenal value for his players. And this is a situation where I think he sold as low as he possibly could have on Elijah Moore. Now, if he didn't want to come back to New York, regardless of quarterback and what the changes in the offense and involvement was going to be, so be it. If if that was him saying, like, if they came to him or like, hey, how are you feeling about a heading in 2023 season? Where do you stand with your trade request? If he was still like, ship me out, I get it. You have to sell him when you can. But for a guy that had as as terrific of a rookie season as we saw, I know it took the biggest step possible back in year two. Like it couldn't have regressed uh, more than it did. Um, and there's reasons for that. There's quarterback play beyond that. There's a lot of situations that go into that. The you know a very run heavy team instead of always okay. We're not trailing where we're now launching the ball down the field. But he just wasn't involved in the offense, and his numbers took a massive drop back. Um, to only. I guess move up a round while also giving out a player that I think is a special playmaker with the football in his hands. To me, that's one where I don't know if, if Joe Douglas is going to be able to sit back here two years later and be like, I got the right value for this one. I just wouldn't have sold low on it. And I don't think there was a lower selling point in Elijah Moore's career than, than this moment right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's just a testament to what you believe in Elijah Moore. Right. And, and maybe they don't or, or whatever. Um, 
I, I just, say, I, but like, think about like you're saying that that cut up reel of the amount of times that he was open this past season. Oh that, yeah, like he is a special I'm, athlete. I'm with you, and I definitely, I definitely like see where you're coming from. Where, like, after his first season, I was very much because I this is this is my this is how I view things now, especially in this new receiver age where like every receiver that gets drafted is good, um, but like. When you see a guy go out and perform, especially in in shitty uh, circumstances, like like Elijah Moore was a guy where like we saw him go out on the field and be good. And he you know, you think about those Garrett Wilson plays where it's like somehow Garrett Wilson gets a catch and somehow he gets like seven extra yards because he makes a guy miss like that's what Elijah Moore was doing his rookie year. I don't remember. I think he had like 800 yards um, or something like that. I could be his off rookie there, season. But- yeah, yeah, it was like may- maybe a little less or something like oh, okay. that. Maybe he had a missed more. Games. Yeah, I thought he. Yeah, I thought so. I'm with you there. When you look at the production this year, like I am fully a guy who blames the quarterback for that. Like when you, you watch to. a team that just can't function offensively, it's like the targets are not there for a, a guy like Elijah. You know what I mean? Like they they just weren't coming, and even. Even in the the games following, I remember always like just being like, let's get this guy a couple targets, and like they, it was just not happening. Um, so I think when you think about is is Elijah Moore a great player, you know, it, it's still very much a question mark. But I do agree with you that I think he'll probably end up being pretty good, and and you know, I don't think it's I think it's fair to say it's like pretty pretty likely that you'll look back and say you know we probably could have gotten more for that, but like you said, it's kind of, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things with everything else, I think it makes it a little bit more fair. Um, But yeah, it definitely sucks. Like, like I just have to tell myself, like the jets just didn't want Elijah Moore. You know what I mean? Like it was as simple as that. And like, I wanted them to want him, but, but yeah, they, they, they did not want to be together regardless of who, who did it, who, in the grand scheme of things, like if Odell is coming in and they've also signed Lazard and, you know, we still have to figure out what's going on with Corey Davis. We both, I think, are on the same page. If if Odell is brought in, Corey is not going to be around. But then you've got Lazard, you've got Wilson. Does Rodgers want Cobb in there as like your bench guy? Like there's a lot of dudes at that point. So maybe they're also looking at this and we're just saying like, look, we're going to have we somehow the Jets are now at this point where they're going to have too many mouths to feed. So it's like maybe we just need to get this guy out to make room for the guys that want to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Like even let's say they don't get Odell. Maybe like they probably do keep Corey Davis in that situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it and you think about, you know, OK, you're going to have Lazard out there. You're going to have Garrett Wilson out there. You then think of your next best option. It's like, well, in one world. You can put a guy like Corey Davis or maybe a plug in Odell, who's going to be a big body, who's also going to be able to block. You put Garrett Wilson in the slot where he can really succeed, really be friendly to a quarterback. You know, you've seen dominant receivers play more and more in the slot as the years go on. Um, And you just kind of think about that option compared to like, okay, let's keep Elijah Moore, run him in the slot, have Garrett on the outside. Like it just, it kind of, we've, we've talked about, um the jets and their their running scheme right which which is largely saying similar um taking the tennessee running game and you know they want these big body Corey davis-esque type guys you know who who can go and block and and they want 
going to be able to run the ball with Brees Hall and Michael Carter and, and their running back room, you know, and it always didn't really make sense to be like, all right, well, I like Elijah Moore and I like Garrett Wilson a lot, but like, those are not the two guys that you need as your outside receivers. If you want to be running that big body blocking like scheme. Um, So it does kind of all like make sense when you, okay, now you got Lazard, now you got Meikle who can kind of run that, that role. So what do you need them both for, you know, so go get some value for it and, and run. And I think the Aaron Rodgers thing is, is a super fair point because even though the the report comes out, this has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. It's like you get to still have a second round pick this year, which you wouldn't have, you know? So like you can say what you want. It's like, that's just not true. It has everything to do with that. And we, and we don't, and this could, I could be totally wrong here, but the number one rumor that I have heard about the draft process. And we haven't gone into the draft. It's about a month away. We're going to have a few weeks where we get real draft heavy, but obviously this has been such a big free agency period for the jets. that this has been where the main focus is the one of the worst uncapped secrets. And it's almost like the jets taking a running back in round two of last year is the jets are going to take a center in round two. And that was something that they have wanted to do from the beginning. Like that is in the off season blueprint that if they have that, you know, early ish second round pick, they're going to be taking an interior offensive line because they've been looking at this offensive line. They keep wanting to add pieces. They're going to still sign a free agent, but I think they want to bring in a young guy as well. Comment too. On that. Is this breaking they news? Weren't, How do you know? No, all this? no, this is stuff. Uh, Connor Rogers put it out a while ago. Okay, um, okay. I've seen it a bunch where it's, it's really just tapped in like round two. That's- Interior offensive I'm line still like sad that we didn't target. get uh like which who I don't even think we could have but like Creed Humphrey was like kind I mean, of in ranges of our picks he got everybody a little bit higher Humphrey, than dude but he could oh, have yeah. been like dude he is like a, already like a top three top At, two set. he's all pro was I think, his rookie this year last year or two I think years he's ago. a I think it was two years ago yeah I just remember like right away because he was just like the talk of the centers for the whole draft process and then right yeah. away I was like. Oh yeah, that guy's fucking awesome. He's like, already. I think he. Football. Yeah, he. I think <laughs> he was all all pro this past year. Maybe second team. Yeah, all no, pro. he was. Anyways, uh, th- that's the plan. And so <clears> I think <throat> when you get the second round pick, that you can also then send it to Green Bay while still being able to get one of the guys in this draft and not have to reach at an interior offensive lineman or trade back from thirteen to do so. That kind of makes your draft plans a little easier. Another thing that kind of softens the blow for for value. Um, and this probably rides on not signing Elijah Moore. And and realistically, this is probably not going to happen because, you know, we need linemen, whatever. But like that 13th pick, this is not a new thing I'm about to say. I've heard lots of lots of NFL people make this joke. But it's like, I don't hate the strategy of just like every year with your with your first round pick, just pick, <laughs> just a, receiver pick a receiver because they always hit like a lot of them hit. And I would love just continuing to like have an awesome fucking guy. And I know it doesn't really make sense, but it kind of does. It has to stop making sense. If you bring in Odell, like that's too many wide receivers right. at yes, that point. Yes. That's but if too you don't many. bring in Odell, I would be all in on picking a, a receiver at 13. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's that's a funny happen. theory. They're going to sign it's Odell. Not... They're going to, they're going to draft an offensive well, tackle. Yeah. They need to go line or, or defense with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, God, taking a wide receiver there and, and that Think actually speaks all to these a good ass receivers they're picking yeah. wilson again yeah this class is this class isn't as strong they can Last get year's class Smithing Jigba, though but that's even like i i would still take the first what three to four guys last year over him listen you say that garrett wilson sure. and chris Olave were the best receivers in the draft class last year and they both 
multiple times. But they were said Jackson Smith and Jaguars. Oh, they've said he's better. Right, but they were the they were the best players. I didn't know they were the best rookies. Yeah, they say they they said it all the time in their last year at Ohio Hmm. State, and they've doubled down on it like this past year. If they want to do that Um, in 2024 with Marvin Harrison Jr., go right ahead, dude. That dude is fucking all time. God, I love Ohio State receivers. I love Marvin Harrison Jr. You go three years in a row. The Colts. You're a Jets fan, bro. We're about to get Lamar, boy. That would be cool. Um, I'd be, be a cool. Colts fan. I'd be really that. excited. Um, <laughs> the last thing that I want to say about the about the Elijah Moore, because the more we've talked about this, it just makes me think more about it. In regard to getting the best value out of Elijah Moore, with all the moves, if he was going to be in there as wide receiver three or four, what was the highest value going to end up being? Right. Trade him for a fourth rounder, fifth rounder. And then at that point, if you trade him in the middle of next season anyways, you are Miko Hardman signed with another team. So you don't have the guy to swap in and take that spot. So the more I'm talking to my and we've, talking through we've it, played we've played the game of like of like Jets staff doesn't like receiver, whole whole fan base thinks that the receiver is way better than they give him credit for. And like like I wouldn't want to 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 go into next season and be all excited for Elijah Moore and then be like, oh, Elijah Moore is getting seven snaps a game and is the fourth string receiver. You know what I mean? Like the Denzel Mims story. Like yeah. that would have pissed me off. He's so, still here. So go ahead. I know, and they love he's him, dude. He's going to be our fifth string receiver. <laughs> I don't know how the hell he's still here. Because the only story that you hear is is this guy's not going to – he's not going to be able to be at that fifth oh. spot because, because he, he needs to play special teams. And then somehow every year they fucking keep him around, which I love. I'm a man. Joe Douglas loves this is his year, dude, with the Rodgers. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Well, and that's Uh another thing. Like I thought the whole, the way they were able to, I guess with Mims, it's different because he wasn't as good ever, but it's just like that was able to quiet down. I just, I didn't expect this Elijah Moore deal at all. I really didn't. And I guess it did make sense after the Hardman stuff. But like, to me, I was caught off guard. I was Just very caught off guard. And I almost to a point don't want to believe that they only started getting interest in Elijah. Like, I think that they were testing the trade markets before signing Nicole Hardman. I don't know. It just seems like a weird situation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the, the, and, and that was, I guess that's another interesting kind of nugget. Um, which again, you got to take what these guys say at face value and, and yeah. believe what you want to believe. Right. Like Salah, um, he basically just said like, 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 cause they asked him, they said it was upgrading the receiver room, like a big priority. Like, did you want to kind of have this, you know, get rid of a guy, bring in a couple guys and, you know, Lazard obviously happened pretty quick. So that was part of the plan. But he said like with Miko, <clears throat> they were just looking around at who's still available and they're they're realizing like what they can sign me he like like basically what Robert Sala said was we put out an offer not expecting anything and he accepted it you know and it's like all right so you know what I mean so like I think it was more of like a we didn't realize we could get him for this price so we did you right. know which is one of those I always love like the Joe Douglas process like drafting Jermaine you know it's like hey we're just following our value we think that guy's worth this value um so so i like the the stories like that so you know if you want to believe that it kind of adds up to some extent but you think about how quickly it happened after the deal you think about you know just the history with elijah you know 
Believe both sides. Both sides are probably ready to move on, regardless. Yeah. Um, Ted, that that's a that's a good transition to kick it over to. I guess these free agent signings that have fallen out since our last show. Now we did already get to talk about Alan Lazard. We've talked about some of the other moves of retaining guys. We've talked the Quincy extension. But in the last few weeks, a few other signings. The first one being Michael Hardman. Um, you know, a few others really got a couple of depth interior offensive line pieces and Wes Schweitzler. Schweitz Schweitzler. I don't think there's an L. Schweitzer, Schweitzer, Wes Schweitzer from the Commanders, and then uh, Tristan Colon Castillo from the Ravens. Um, the Jets also have a new punter in Thomas Morstead, which is fantastic news. Uh, albeit he's a little Not bit a on new the older punter, side, though, right? No, yeah, because you he guys was a had Jet that last year. No, you guys had that garbage. Well, we had Braden Mann, but he we had him, and then I think he got hurt. Morstead was on the Dolphins he last was a year. Jet last year. What, what do you I mean? Beat. I think Morstead was on the Dolphins last year. Let me look it yeah, up. Yeah, I mean he was. You're right about that, definitely. I thought we had him and then he got injured or something. Or maybe we had him in training camp. I don't know. Sorry. I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up right now. I mean, this this dude has been around for a minute, man. He spent so much yeah, time. Yeah, he was with us for seven games two years ago. Okay. Two years so you're ago. Right. Gotcha. So coming back. Wasn't like the last return. Year. I was gonna say, the I was return. like, I know this guy's name. Dude's been around since 2009, spent the first fucking, what, 12 years of his career with New Orleans, part of that Super Bowl team his rookie year. Um, so he comes in, he replaces man who was just like an absolute nightmare of a punter last year for the Jets at times. Um, but, Teddy, let's kick it back to the Miko. What? What? Are you just mad I will at just never get punters? No, no, I will just never. No, we're talking punters. Jets fans love punters, dude. I will. It just makes me laugh every time I think about just like the uproar that was. I hate everyone was just like, I hate Braden man so much. Like like when this, when, when, when the, the news came out that Thomas Morstead was signed, just like that was the most reaction for a punter signing ever. You know what I mean? Like Jets fans were just like, let's go. Like I bet you, I bet you no punter sting has ever gotten more tweets than than this signing. So yeah. that it just made me chuckle. Yeah. Um, so those but, are really all the yeah. signing. Yeah. Go right ahead. What were you? No, I was just gonna say about the inside linemen, it's like cool that we got depth, but I don't know anything about those guys. Basically, I think at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, if, if we're going to talk about guys that are still available, if Ben Jones can come in here, that solves the center issue. I think some of these guys can help kind of compete. I believe Schweitzer has experience playing center. Um, and honestly, I would trust any offensive lineman that comes over from Baltimore. They traditionally over the last decade and a half do a really good job of finding guys. So if you're able to then pull a guy from Baltimore um, who is more of a depth piece, who knows, maybe with an expanded role, he'd be able to do something out there. At the end of the day, depth pieces alone for this offensive line, especially on the interior, because we talked about this last podcast, was just the fact that, like, cool, we have all these tackles, and Dwayne Brown is probably coming back. We'll have Mac Guy and, okay, um, Max Mitchell did well in, in certain points last year, too. We were going through all this offensive line, but right, they're just fucking tackles at this point. We need guys in the middle there that can come in and kind of fill in those depth spots. So glad to see these two taken away. Obviously, hopefully Ben Jones eventually ends up being the center here, but I don't think, you know, at the end of the yeah, day, if awesome. we get a Schweitzer or a rookie to compete, it's good getting those guys there as well. Um, 
I do want to spend a little, I, we didn't really talk too much about the Meek. We called, we talked about the Hardman impact on the Elijah Moore trade, but Meek Hardman is a player. I want to know your thoughts about him, what you think he'll bring to this offense. You know, like we're saying, it's not like he's going to be relied on his wide receiver one or two. Like he is going to be a depth piece here, but he is a very interesting depth piece to have. Yeah, 100%. I'm excited about it. Um, he's a guy who who's, you know, never been able to to really take hold of, of you know, being a, a number two or, or number one guy. Um, but I think that's what's cool about where the Jets are right now um, with both the McCall Hard sign, Hardman signing and the Alan Lazard signing. I kind of have to, like, shift my view of those players because as – viewing it as a team that doesn't have a number one receiver, you know, you view those signings and you say like, okay, well, that's good. But it's like, what are those guys really going to move the needle? Whereas when I'm confident in a guy like Garrett Wilson to be that number one, and then you have guys like Alan Lazard, who's going to be that number two outside receiver, like the fact that we're going to bring in a guy as talented as me, Hardman and, and, you know, be able to use him creatively and run him in the slot and, and he's got big playability and he's fast and and all these different things that he can bring to the table. The fact that like we're able to bring in a guy like that to complement, you know, a wide receiver one in Garrett Wilson and and a good room around him, it's it's exciting to me. And and you know, listen, I'm I'm an Elijah Moore guy and I believe in him, but but solely based on play, you know, it's like is McCole Hardman a better player than Elijah Moore? Like I think that's a fair conversation at least, you know, I think they're kind of around each other. So, you know, maybe it's an upgrade at the slot position, or at least just makes the the offense a little bit more dynamic. You already had Robert Sala talking about how he's excited to, to use him in, in, you know, jet sweeps and, and as a deep threat, but also work on his kind of route running and, and middle of the field ability and intermediate routes and stuff like that. So I think, I think he's going to be, end up being the slot receiver, primarily throughout there um unless they are you know unless they're in a set where garrett wilson's moving in there and they have someone else outside i think i think we're going to see a lot of mccall um pending odell i guess and i'm excited about it yeah miko hartman was always a guy that was uh, he was frustrating to me early on in his career because i invested a lot of stock into him going to kc because that was right around the time that i was really buying in um obviously it's it's was hard easy to buy into what they were doing in kansas city but you bring in me and you had seen what that offense had done with tyreek and you're like okay they've got a burner with a little bit better of a figure like i can only imagine what he could develop into in that offense and i don't know if it was the fact that maybe there was the expectation that he was going to be a wide receiver two there in that offense but it just never seemed to really get there you know you take a look over his first three seasons he was available for most games, more games than I thought. I, I thought he was an injured guy, but really this past season was really the only year where he missed games. Now, he didn't start a ton. He started five games his rookie year, eight of each the next two seasons, and then five this past year, but also, you know, was banged up for half the season. But was a guy where the numbers stayed around the same, you know, around 550 yards or so, both of his first two seasons, but the yards per reception dipped a ton. Um, and then his 2021 season was probably his best, you know, close to 700 yards there, but the touchdown numbers weren't the same. The catch percentage was a little bit better. 
he was a guy that I just, I don't know. I guess I expected more because of the offense that he was in where I was like, okay, well, if everybody's going to be honing in on a Tyreek or a Kelsey, how come Miko isn't getting these great wide receiver number twos? Because across the league, we see all of these, you know, trio sets where it's like Tyler Boyd is a wide receiver three in Cincinnati has a terrific season. And these guys that are along the depth pieces, it's like you can still be third on a team's depth chart and still get a lot of looks there. So I was frustrated by his lack, I guess, of development. But what I love with this Jets signing is I really don't have many expectations for him at all, um, especially if the Odell Beckham signing happens. Odell and Garrett Wilson are filthy out of the slot. And so I think you can alternate a lot of sets in there with those guys, whereas me, Cole, you know, he'll play a more specialized role where it is a lot of those action sweeps and he is more of a depth piece. Now, if Odell doesn't come in there, I think he'll do just fine in that slot role as well, too, as primarily the guy there. But I like this idea that he is a very athletic football player. He is a guy that, you know, if you're just looking for offensive chess pieces, it's like, to me, I see him as just like, taking over the Braxton Berrios role from last year, but actually being yeah. able to do yeah. a lot of good with it. So it's one of those where it's yeah. like a massive upgrade. Um, if you need him in that offense more as your primary slot guy, I don't think that's a bad signing at all, especially because you have a good run game. You've got a couple tight ends in there and fantastic wide receivers on the outside, but all in all, for the money they got him for, I like it. Um, he's just one of those guys that for some reason I've just always been like, man, I wish he turned into something that was like a freak show wide receiver. No, definitely. I need to accept that that's I, not going to happen. I think we have we have similar perceptions, and it's and it's because we're fantasy guys, definitely. Oh, um, so but when you have a guy like McCall Hardman, and you, you, you've seen him kind of blow up and have those big games, you know, like McCall Hardman – can always catch two he can take any ball he has to the house you know if, if 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 he's got the right room and he can always just have you know two catches for two touchdowns or, or you know he he has those kind of like random breakout games so a lot of times and especially from fantasy players say if kelsey was out or tyreek was out or when tyreek got traded or, there's always been these opportunities where you kind of look to mccall and said like is this your time to kind of show everyone like you can handle the load and you yep. can be that guy and he never really did that you know so like from a pa fantasy perspective I kind of had a, a negative perception of him from a perspective of like can this guy go out and become a, a number one number two starting receiver you know like he's kind of not met expectations from that regard but no. that's where like exactly what you just said if you're bringing this guy in to be wide receiver three or four and run that Braxton Berrios role it's like that is an upgrade of the offense, even though it's not a guy who can come in and be a number one receiver. You know, it's like it's not yeah. always that's the only thing you're looking for. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, like if we had traded Elijah Moore and didn't have McCall Hardman, I'd be way more pissed about it. You know, so this kind of softens yeah. the blow. It makes me feel a little OK about it. And and we move on with with, you know, former chief who's really fast and hopefully can have some fun with us this year, run some crazy plays and and score some touchdowns this gets it just gets me really excited for when this offense all starts to take shape and if it if odell you know ends up being a jet like the number of playmakers and just like game changers with the football in their hands like regardless yeah. like lazard can be that guy that is just taking those long bombs down the field get the ball into garrett's hands or me hands or obj's hands like 
They're going to make life so easy for that fucking quarterback. And he's, oh, also one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Teddy, this this is crazy. (laughs) We're getting real excited. This is where it's like really hitting me because I'm just sitting here and I'm like, like, we've talked about this before. And that's that's one of like the, the most classic like NFL things you can do is like, look at your top three receivers, look at your starting running back and be like, we got a good team. Like, like we got some talented guys. Like a lot of teams have talented guys. And for the jets, the story has always been like, can we figure out quarter quarterback well enough to, to facilitate this? And like, to just be sitting here thinking about like, okay, so yeah, we're going to have all these playmakers and then who's going to be in charge of getting them ball, getting them the ball. Like one of the best, most accurate quarterbacks ever. It's just like, it's like, it is just not, that's a new feeling for me. This This is is a new, this is a crazy feeling like falling in love. (laughs) I'm getting excited, dude. I'm getting excited too. I, I really, really want this thing to be official though because i'm just sick of like right. i know that well, we get the little on, jokes like, gonna happen because we get the same jokes right. from mike and scott and all the guys are exactly. like what if this thing doesn't come through i just want it to happen i just want yeah it so happen. we can stop talking about it not happening but this jets team should be so goddamn good like you think about that's what's so crazy like just quick interjection that's what's so crazy about last year it like like the fact that our quarterback situation was so fucked throughout the whole year like this team was so talented, so damn talented. And they, they were just a good team and it ended the the same way. Every other, every other year ends, you know, where, where you, you, other fans think of the jets and they're like, Oh, they're nothing. And it's just like, this was a good ass team. So the fact that we got a quarterback coming in here is, is really freaking awesome. Very awesome. Um, I, I, anything else uh, we'll switch in. That's, that's really the guys that have come into New York, um, at least in the last two weeks, anything on those four guys that you want to talk on? I feel like we've we've run through it. You don't want to go into no, more power oh, talk, no. do you? Um, guys, let's that talk have, about the fun guys that we haven't signed. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, guys that no, and, but and then, uh, we let's run through the others real quick just to make sure. So, guys that aren't signing with the Jets, um, or that re-signed with the Jets. You got Zerline coming back, Solomon Thomas, Ty Johnson at running back, Bodden at fullback, um, Isaiah Mack, which is really just like going to be a, a very practice squatty type guy Camp anything cut. on on anything on that list I, I i love that solomon thomas is back the familiarity with the defense his ability to play multiple positions on the defensive <laughs> line you can never have enough enough depth up front happy that he's back that's about it yeah agree with that solomon thomas is my man i i like bringing zerline back last year felt like the yeah. the first year that we could actually like like be somewhat confident that our field goals were going to be good mm-hmm. um Definitely a fan of Ty Johnson coming back. He, I, I think, you know, in our last episode or maybe two ago, I kind of shat on a running back room a lot. Um, yeah. But, but I've kind of settled on that, and and I'm cool with, with you know, a top Essentially three running of, it back. of Brees and Michael Carter, and yeah, exactly, and Bam, and then you got a guy like Ty Johnson who, basically, anytime he's had to come in, has been able to have some sort of production, um, which is great. And I'm really excited about Nick Bauden. He was injured yeah, all last here. year. He's oh, he's okay. like our fullback yeah. guy. Um, so just kind of excited to see how they how they do that. I don't know. I think they, I was, they were using like Uzama and Rucker in that role kind of last year. Rucker was definitely taking um, it on. I'm, I was trying to think of how Hackett has how they utilized fullbacks in Green Bay. I don't know if there was a ton of usage at the time that they lined up there. I know they did go fullback yeah. with the power run offense with Lenny in um 
in Jacksonville. So it'll be interesting to see how they bring that into the offense here. That'll be one wrinkle to keep an eye on. Yeah. It's just like, clearly they re-signed him for a reason, you know, not every team even has a fullback these no. days. Yeah. Um, and especially after like being injured all last year, I'm just, I'm, I'm more intrigued by that one than anything, just to kind of see how they, how they work him in because, you know, he, uh, you know, maybe he'll be our own little Kyle juice check. Yeah, exactly. Um, guys that are leaving the Jets, the, the fun boys are down in Miami partying. Mike White, Braxton Berrios, Dan Feeney, all three. Hey, they get the to Dolphins. just keep their same group chat. I know. Zach They're, Wilson out. Yeah, kick out Zach. Add Tua. Mike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, throwing Tua there. I can't wait for They're them all to all be. Keep, keep being do we boys. get the? Do we get Tua and Braxton doing the Braxton is good or or uh, Tua is good and then halfway through the season those we're, shirts we're really fucking White. backfire on those guys. Ooh. huh? How about that guy that tried making his entire and, Twitter and following off of those shirts? How about that guy? I know. Oof. I mean, don't we respect that guy? That's a Jets Twitter guy. Isn't it? Isn't that a Jets? I mean, he oh, just, he just spammed every... No, because he's tried doing those no, shirts for I like know. everybody. So I think he. I think he's done And he always for... would get mad at like other people who... Yeah, yeah. Who would do right, is well then, Yeah, shirts. that guy's a clown. Sorry, um, guy. You're a clown. So those three guys, um, obviously not big, big losses and key parts It just there. sucks that, like, over the summer, we're going to be seeing videos of, like, Braxton and Dan Feeney, like, shirtless on the beach, just, like, having oh, yeah. a blast in, in Miami so as opposed fun. to hanging out in Jersey. But that's all right. Though That's just so hilarious, like, like Mike White, Braxton Bears, Dan Feeney. Like, I know the Dolphins aren't expecting those guys to be, like, huge pieces, so it's not, like, but it's just funny. It's... It's like, all right, like you signed three of our backups. Like, go ahead. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, so those three all down in South Beach. The two that really stick out to me the most, um, Sheldon Rankin's going to the Texans. He got a, a good deal there, too. I, I Just as a good Stab depth in piece the heart, in the man. middle. Like, that's a, that's a tough one to lose. Um, he stays in that same coaching tree, funny enough, you know, going and 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 now with – um, God, what the fuck is his name? I'm just drawing a blank here. Texans new head coach, the player – the Houston Texans. Yep. Thank you. Yep. So it goes from that same and follows the same uh, San Francisco coaching tree goes down with him. there. got a bag as well too. So good for him. Obviously yeah. a huge loss. The one that is so funny and, and it just for some reason, and I talked about how much I don't think he has anything left in the tank. If James Robinson okay. becomes like a sneaky RB two for the Patriots behind Ramondre Stevenson, I'm just going to be at a loss for words. Because, like, that's a situation where I look at it. I'm like, if he can turn it around somewhere, it's probably with New England. He's going to be, I think. It's so frustrating. Because um, I talk no, so much shit. Is, Teddy, yes. owns him, Teddy owns him in, Dyn in our Dynasty League, and I talk so much shit about how it all turned out when he became a Jet. But now it's going to be one of those situations where he holds on to him and he's good in New England for some reason. Yeah, this it's I'm glad that we're going to we're going to pause here on James Robinson because I do I'll <laughs> I'll tell my own little personal personal view on all of this. Um but but yeah, so I traded for James Robinson because I believed in him and I personally I mean even if you look at when he did play last year, maybe not with the Jets, but it, he didn't even get a ton of burn. When he played for the Jaguars, he looked decent. Like he didn't look bad. Um but then you know, he comes to the Jets, plays a couple of games, gets buried on the depth chart, eventually becomes inactive. Um, I basically like buried him, you know, because I traded for him in Dynasty. I'm like the idiot. Everyone's telling me he's never going to play again. Blake's telling me that. 
Now he signs this deal with the Patriots, and all of a sudden, everyone's back on the. Oh, I hate it. They got a good running back. They got a good backup there, James Robinson. Everyone's back on the James Robinson train. It's like, what the hell, bro? Um, that's just though. That's any any like fringe oh, guy yeah, no, that sucks that then goes just to signing. New England. If he goes to New England, it's like, oh. Bill Belichick's gonna have this figured out, man. He knows. Yeah, what to do I with think these it's guys. just any free agent goes anywhere. You're gonna be like, oh, also true. Work. But think um, about how many guys. But James, have just... Dude, you're you're hating on James Robinson way too much. Like, when has he no. gone out there and looked I mean, his, really his, bad? His like, legs looked a little non-existent toward the end of the year, and dude, he was injured dude. and banged up. A it little was bit. the Achilles, though, right? Like, fucking. Yeah. And uh, it it takes more than a year. It doesn't. Sure. That's why it was so mind blowing when he was ready week one. It was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. But then clearly he wasn't ready. Um, I think that's something we need to keep in mind about Brees Hall too. You know, might might take a little bit for him to get back to form, but we'll just we'll just be optimistic for that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a big James Robinson guy. But fuck the Patriots. Be hilarious to see him there, kind of just take over. Now you've got the New England backfield there. Um, other guys, not not as big losses. Nate Herbig uh, goes over to the Steelers. Um, he was one of those first guys that when. You know, you were drawing the connections between guys that Joe Douglas brings over from where he previously was um, working as VP of player personnel with the Eagles. He was there, part of that draft pick, brings him over. Obviously not a huge piece to the team, but now in Pittsburgh, you've got Jeff Smith staying in New York, but going to play wide receiver for the New York Giants, which is funny. Um, and then Nathan Shepard. Yeah, real quick interjection. Yeah. I don't want to disrespect Nathan Shepard because I am sad about him as well. Um, but Jeff Smith. Our buddy Jason, who's a Giants fan, um, is like texting me, like trying to get the lowdown on Jeff Smith, which I just <laughs> I was like, dude, you're just Hilarious. overthinking this. Like he's going to be your fourth or fifth string receiver. Yeah. Um, but I am I have always been a Jeff Smith guy and, and Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith has like low key been OK. Yeah. For like two plays, but then he'll also be like really bad. So like I don't know where to land on him. But it was just funny that like my my Giants fan friend is like trying to get me to like hype him up. I'm like, dude, this does not matter. To it's going to be all right. Like, yeah, you're not going to see him. A ton. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then yeah, um, that last one. But yeah, Shepherd that last one, Nathan Shepard, you know, we I feel like we have uh, we're pretty solid at the end. We more need the inside. But Nathan Shepard has has been productive for us the past few years. So just want to give him his flowers. Yeah, definitely. Um. And then, you know, the last thing that we were going to touch on is just like guys that are either interested in the Jets or guys that the Jets are interested in. There's, you know, like we said, we're in this crazy situation where the players are, actively, are going around right but now. But players are coming out and saying like they want to play for the Jets, even without the Jets reaching out and showing interest in them. Um, the biggest one being Ezekiel Elliott last week put out three teams he wanted to play for. It was the Jets. And I can't even Eagles maybe or no Bengals was one. And then there was a third team as well, too. And it was like, oh, he's he he's interested in the Jets. It's like we're in that point now where the Jets are interested in in or players are. Interested so let in me ask you Jets. quickly. Yeah. And this this is just semantics. It's, it's it's the same thing. But how did like I saw the report that said like like there's three pot potential teams and it's the blank, the blank and the Jets. What was, how did, 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 did like Zeke's agent put something that's, out? Like that was Zeke no, being but I'm interested saying, in those teams. Yeah. That's Zeke putting right, it out okay. there. But it was yeah. that report. I just didn't yeah. know if Zeke had like done a, a bigger, more blatant thing. Um, no, but yeah, yeah was, that because the way, cause I was going to say, cause the way I read it, I didn't necessarily know that it meant like Zeke wants these teams. I'm like, yeah. I was like blown away. I'm like, me too. The, the 
Jets are interested. I was like, well, I guess if they want him, but like, why, why would we, even if you're, you're going to get, you're not going to pay Zeke a ton, but you're still probably going to overpay. And he's like an okay, like guy to maybe play like your goal line back, but you're going to hate on Zeke right now. Zeke was way better than you oh, think he was last year. Zeke I'm not awesome about to hate year. I'm I'm not about to hate on Zeke at all. I don't think you're going to have to pay him. This running back market is, oh, is okay. absolutely dead. I think. But even if you pay him like $5 million, like that's probably three million too much. <laughs> but even then, yeah, it probably is. It probably is. But it, you know what I so mean? Like to switch things over to the other side with, with the Giants right now, like the Giants pulled their their offer they had for Saquon Barkley because the the running back market is like as dead as it's ever been in the last two decades like teams are not paying running backs so if Zeke if that price keeps dropping down especially something that you just said too if we're worried maybe a little bit about the beginning of the season and Brees Hall fully being back there like maybe you do want to bring in an Ezekiel Elliott maybe maybe that is a guy there like I I just I think the goal line usage of him would be fantastic He's not the player that I guess, you know, he was in his first few seasons, but I, I don't hate it. I, you know, I, are, do you, I, want, I do don't you feel comfortable rolling out? I could have sold that, myself on it. Say that Brees is out for the first month. Maybe he's just, he's slowly ramping it up there and you're four weeks in and the running game is Michael Carter, Bam Knight and Ty Johnson. Are you rolling with that? Or would you like a power guy in there? Cause those are three guys like Bam is a physical runner, but you don't really have that big body guy that, that breeze. Yeah. You're relying on Bam and Ty to do that. You know, when you frame it like that, it gives me pause. Cause I was, cause, cause I would have sold myself on Ezekiel because I'm an Ezekiel believer or, or what's it. I'm a, uh, What's Stan. it called when like you support something and everyone else hates them? Maybe it's believer. I don't know. Well, you're Stan, but yeah, that works too. Um, or a truther. I'm a truther. I'm a Zeke truther. Um, but I mean, number one, you look at what what Robert Sala said, basically saying like we're comfortable with our running back room, so I don't think he's going to get brought in. Yeah. Um, and I just I think like like I think Zeke provides more value than maybe like a lot of fans would give him credit for just because like, he's a lot slower than he used to be. He's not as dynamic. He can't have the breakaway runs, whatever. Um, And I think he could have came in and like been helpful in the power run game, but I don't, to me, it's like, he's not going to do so much better than the, the, the committee of Bam Ty and, and um, Michael Carter that like, I would want to do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, even if it would work, it's just like it, it. We've talked about running backs and the and the just a guy, the Jags. You know, it's like there's these guys everywhere. Like, go pick one up and work them in, and before you go and get like this old, you know, used running back who who's got a lot a lot of carries on those legs. Totally, totally agree. I I don't think the Jets will do it, and I would almost say like I would love if it could just be one of those things where you bring them in until Brees is back up to full strength yeah, and then you're just like all right go figure it out elsewhere but think about also as well too like there have been guys that go on to that next stage and still you know carve out a pretty nice role and I guess I'm just comparing it to his draft mate in Leonard Fournette but like Lenny was done in Jacksonville done done yeah. done and when he went to Tampa he had something left in the tank there well it only lasted maybe a season and a few weeks after and it, it slowly faded out like if you get that guy that's rejuvenated and really trying to make his own and, and Zeke was like Zeke Zeke's peak was higher than Leonard Fournette so maybe he wants yeah. even more so to no, try and, and get back up there I'm I'm with you on all this like I don't I don't doubt 
that Zeke will be able to go somewhere and be productive. And I don't doubt that he would be able to go to the Jets and be productive. Right. I just don't think I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think like I don't think it makes the most sense as opposed to all the other potential avenues you could do if you wanted to bolster the running back room, you know, <laughs> draft a young guy, pay someone like pick up someone less uh, profile prolific, you know, like mm-hmm. there's just other options in Ezekiel Elliott. And there's bigger fish to fry. You know, once this Odell yeah. Rogers stuff is all done, you still have offensive line, you still have defense, linebacker, safety, depth up front. Like there are other places that they need to spend the money if if zeke is a free agent in late august and Brees isn't ready to come back and Brees isn't ready then but for now it's like why are we going to try and 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 i don't think he will be though like i'm sure zeke will get picked up by someone the running back market is wild they're like (laughs) dalvin cook available for trade joe mixon potential cut for some reason like austin eckler being looked at as for different teams like these good running yeah. backs, and it's funny because it's taken so long, but like if this is just my favorite stat is if you take a look at the last 10 Super Bowls, and maybe it's up to even 13, I think it goes back to 2010, um, every team in the Super Bowl, the highest paid running back on the team makes $2 million. It's $2 million yeah. and below for every team in the Super Bowl. And that's just something that that's I think awesome. people were like, always like, oh, that's so funny, it's so funny. And then they're you're 13, they're like, hmm. <laughs> Where are we putting our money? Are we putting our money in the right spots? And that's yeah. why you've got these guys yeah. Zeke getting cut out of his massive deal and mixing available and all these guys. It's like, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, you even you think about how how it's structured, right? Where you draft a guy and then you got to re-sign him after like the third or fourth year, basically, or extend them. Yeah. Um, and and it's like you're gonna you have a running back who's, who's performing so well in those first three or four years. And then you pay them. And it's like, you're, you're probably still going to get a couple really good years of production one or two, but then you're probably not, you know what I mean? And, and, but, but, but they're not taking a two-year deal. They're taking the five-year deal, you know? So it's just like it, it, you think about how the NFL is built for a receiver who's, you know, in their fourth year and is maybe 26 and you're going to pay them until they're 30 or 31 you say, Hey, I'll do that. I'm going to get at the prime of your career and you're going to be awesome and I'll pay you. And then, you know, whatever, but with a running back, it, it just, it, they get screwed and it sucks for them, but it's like, why would you do it any other way? The future of that position is going to be like where it goes, where running backs go five, 10 years from now is going to be so interesting. Yeah. I, the th- I don't think you can take away from like the importance of the position. No, I just think it's like the fresh legs aspect of it is so real, you know, like you get a guy who's 27, who's been in the NFL for four years and and their legs aren't don't work the same as the 23 year old, you know, who got 300 carries in college. Um, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're it is interesting. And I think about it from the from the dynasty perspective, right? It's like it's like what, what do you always hear in dynasty? You hear like, okay, draft these young running backs. They'll be really good trade them before they're on their second contract for another young running back, you know, and just yep. do that forever. And, and it's like, that's, that's what these, you know, draft Brees Hall, be really good. Let him walk, do, you know, and, and it's all these things that like, you've just seen it happen so many times with, the, with these running backs, like paying them just, I mean, the jets probably like enhanced all this by paying Le- Le'Veon what they did. You know, it's like, yeah. clearly that did not work out. It got to that for, boiling point where it was yeah. like, now we need to take, 
five steps back. It, yeah, yeah, it's interesting to see. We this is a whole other conversation, but like after you've seen some of the, these wide receivers like Debo step in at running back and other wide receivers that can take that roles, it's like yeah, because yeah. players are gonna stop wanting to be running backs. The running back is just gonna lose. Oh yeah, value. young kids. They're not you gonna want to play. They're gonna want to be a wide you're receiver. Sixteen. If you're sixteen and you say, "Hey, I got a real shot at the NFL." Should I go be a running back and maybe my biggest contract will be 15 million or, so, or you know, 8 million a year? Or should I go play receiver and, and maybe make 40 million a year? Exactly. So it's like, should, is, it's, is it almost worth it to just go and, and bring in that Mikol Hardman, Debo Samuel that can run the football and, and just throw them back there occasionally and then have like, see, but some this scrub. is where, this is where no, you're losing. Th- exactly. No, you still need the good players. Right. But who's going to do it? Mikol Hardman as your starting running back. Debo Samuel as your starting running back. Debo Samuel. Right. But Debo's big. He's big. Yeah. You know, you need a big, you need a big guy. Yeah. Definitely a big boy. This is a whole different conversation. We're stuck on guys that the jets are interested in or Zeke isn't, I guess. I know they're not interested. I forgot that we didn't talk about these other guys. I thought we were at the end where we, where we do that thing. Let's get to these three real quick. We don't really need, we've talked a lot of Odell. We both want to, there's a couple people who've just been dying for us to bring up Calais Campbell. Yeah. 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 (laughs) They're just waiting till the end. And it's, it's an hour in or talk about Quan. Where's Quan Alexander. Um, we've talked enough about odell we both want him here we both know what an amazing asset he would be to this offense um ben jones you know saw was it Saller or douglas that came out today and that was like oh yeah we're interested yeah this is something i wanted to bring up um i think it was in both of their press conferences that his name came up i don't remember which one one of them basically was just like nothing is scheduled yet, but we're very interested and would like love to like like they were just kind of complimenting his character and who he is, um, which makes me seem, you know, they're they're putting out those signals like, hey, we're interested in you. Like, let's let's get the conversation going. If I had to guess, I would say as of yesterday or these whenever these meetings happened, they hadn't happened yet. But, um, you know, there's a lot of meetings going on this week. So you would assume that they're going to at least talk with him you know what i mean um and that would be huge i mean how long have we been talking about a center for this jets team and if you could get one of the premier guys on the market and especially with center you know we talk about like the free agents who want to come play for the jets you got a position like a center and you got a quarterback named aaron Rodgers behind you it's like that's a guy you want to pair yourself with there isn't a better fit for like player need character fit like it all makes so much sense and this was one that as soon as we talked about free agency and as soon as he was cut i was like ben jones needs to be the starting center for the the new york jets and it funny enough to the point where like bringing in aaron Rodgers there like personally i don't believe he's gonna want necessarily a rookie center to just be stepping in there and working with him right away if the jets go that way in round two so if you can get a ben jones to really plug in for this rogers tenure and hopefully he can extend it beyond that but he's a little bit on the older side he's not ancient but if you can also bring in a young guy to slow play and he can learn behind a guy like ben jones like that is a, a fit that just makes so much sense and maybe yeah. it's another one where they're just waiting for the rogers domino to fall but regardless he he should be a jet like as soon as possible because i think he'd be he's he's like a legit perfect fit you've got the run game coordinator there that was the what was his job with the Titans? Was he the run game coordinator with the Titans? And now he is the what's I'm his confused. what's his position with the Jets? The coach that they brought in from the Titans. 
Is he not the run game coordinator? He's the run game coordinator with the Jets now. What was he with the Titans? Was he the offensive line coach? I don't know. Probably. But he was I'm pulling it well. up. Keith Carter. Yeah, I'm, I'm you do that. Ben Jones, to me, he was kind of that guy, like, when I first looked at free agents, like, and you know that the center is a position I would like to address. He was kind of that guy where I was like, oh, yeah, like, it would be awesome to get him, but, like, we probably won't. You know, I kind of just kind of mentally crossed him off the list because he was that upper echelon. Um, so the fact that's real, I mean, again, you look at this list of players. We're about to talk about Calais Campbell as well. You look at this list of players. Like these are the big name veterans who are who are ring chasing, you know, and so the fact that the Jets are in this conversation is awesome. Um, yeah, it would be awesome to, to add a guy like him and really shore up this line. He was offensive line coach with the Titans. He's now both line coach and run game coordinator with the Jets. So that's where I was okay. getting a little mixed up there. He's got both roles there So bring in a guy that you've also got position fami- familiarity with his coach, too. So. Um, that would be another one. And then, yes, Calais Campbell to me. Anything else with Ben Jones? To nope. me, like the, I was just the... going to say. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'm stepping go over ahead. each other. Go it's ahead. okay. You got it. 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 Calais Campbell. <laughs> you want to go or me go? Okay, I'll go. The no, defense. No, I don't even have anything to say. On the line, like the Ben Jones of the defense is Calais Campbell. Because if you just think of, of a guy that fits what the jets want out of defensive linemen especially in the middle like that is a mauling motherfucker who is also just an absolute character that like every defensive locker room wants like the ravens the jaguars they have all applauded just the guy that he is throughout his career his peaks over in arizona as well too like a guy that at every locker room he goes to he brings something in the locker room, on the field, and you're right. At this point, he is ring chasing, and he sees the Jets as like this viable option, fits perfectly into the defensive line in terms of what they need across the front right now. 100%. Need to make it happen. Like I, I It's so funny that we're looking yeah. at all these top guys available, and we're like, the Jets need to sign him, but like, it's the fact that there's interest on both sides at least, where it's like, okay, no, yes. can we just get it done? Sorry, I love I'm how sorry. we're always on the same wavelength. Um because what I was just going to say is like all of a sudden this list in my head of like free agents who I'm 100% sure exactly. are going to be on the jets <laughs> is basically just like the top, the top guy at every position. So but, fucking funny. But like you, Aaron Rodgers, right. I, I even said it before all the news broke, but I was like, I'm operating as this guy is our quarterback. Right. And then you have Odell. Like I'm pretty sure we're going to get this deal with Odell done. Yeah. Um, ben Jones. I'm less sure about, but then Calais Campbell, I don't know if you saw the tweet and I apologize for not knowing the guy's name, but like some Jets fan was just Clay's hanging Campbell. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm hanging with Clay's Campbell. He's going to the Jets. Like, like I'm, I would not be surprised if this is already like, Oh yeah, this, this is happening. We just haven't like gone through all the processes. Um, but Calais Campbell is definitely one where I'm like, like more than Odell. I'm like, this guy is a jet. Like he's going to be on the Jets. That's going to happen, which I think is huge because exactly like, like you look at where we need to address um, where we need to like improve the team and inside D line is still there. And obviously you have Quinnen, but then you just kind of have like this flurry of guys who could maybe take that second spot. If you go and get Calais Campbell, I mean, you're filling that starting role right away. And, you know, he's, that would just be a big thing for this defense. Who's already freaking really great. Good Give list. me all all the it's best players. List. Come play on the say, Jets. We'll win a Super Bowl. It'll be awesome. Here's the thing, real quick. 
maybe this 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 kind of can can help us wrap up but 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 like this idea it's very easy for me to be like yeah you know we can sign all these good players and and you know but it's like it is it really going to work out? Like, is it actually going to come to fruition? But it's the same thing about like, we've talked about like signing the quarterbacks. Like you look at the Bucks who signed Tom Brady and you look at the the Rams who signed Matthew Stafford. It's like teams in the last five years or whatever have proven that this can work. Like, it's not like we're just like throwing shit at the wall. 2011 Eagles dream team destined to fail. You know, like it's not, it's not like this is some absurd thing. It's like if the Jets take their pretty solid team and add a bunch of veterans, add a bunch of like top tier players, like this Super Bowl run is is very tangible. And you know, only one team can win it. So it's not like I'm saying that it's a guarantee or anything like that, but it putting the Jets on the dance floor for this to be a possibility is just like so so fucking awesome and it's happening in front of our eyes and the fact that we're looking at a, at a free agent list that's Odell Beckham, Ben Jones, Clays Campbell, and Ezekiel Elliott, like that no one on that list would have been an option last year. And they are all options this year. You know what I mean? So it's just like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. No, it is. Last one. Are you interested in Lamar? He just requested a trade. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm super interested in Lamar. You kidding me? I'd (laughs) rather have him than Aaron Rodgers, but I'm cool with what we're doing. I'm not, I'm with Joe Douglas. We don't negotiate in bad faith. I like that. He wouldn't have said that shit if the Rodgers deal wasn't 100% going down. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe he would have said it, but it's just like they would have been one they would have been one of the teams that's that's putting in these offers for Lamar. It wouldn't have been until after the draft, but they would have done it. Every team that's going to put in an offer for Lamar is going to after the draft. Because yeah. that way you're at least giving up your 2024 and 2025 instead of this yeah. year. I mean, I've been thinking about um, the whole like collusion uh, theory of the guaranteed like, contract. The Ravens not wanting to give him a guaranteed contract. Like you think about no one wants Joe to. Douglas's connection to the Ravens. If like it's like if the Ravens GM and owner is behind some ploy to like not let this happen, it's like Joe Douglas is in on that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like Joe Douglas and the Ravens are so fucking close. Like he is he is one hundred percent in lockstep with that and it's, it's and I'm sure- even it's beyond that dude it's all the owners across the jim ursay came out yeah. today when we're recording this and was like no look guaranteed contracts would be bad for the league like he came it out doesn't and said even, that. right and it doesn't even really need to be collusion like i'm sure they have had no. some of those conversations but it's like yeah. that's just a, a simple thing to see from any perspective like for these guys having to do that is not good business you know what i mean like and it's like you want to get the players to get what they want but but some some owner having to write a $250 million check that's going to go sit in escrow for a guy who could get injured. You know what I mean? It's like that is just not what they want to be doing. Nope. No. Nope. And the precedent whole yeah, whatever. I also I I just we didn't get to touch on this. We've talked about both these players so much. Um Odell Beckham and 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 Aaron Rodgers being on the Jets, like I'll be a Jets fan next year. Yeah, like, this is I, actually huge for for this podcast because those are your favorite players ever. <laughs> outside of outside of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, like my two yeah. favorite NFL players are OBJ I and have Rogers. Been friends with Blake my whole life, basically. 
I've constantly heard him saying, like pounding the table that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback ever before Mahomes entered in terms of just pure talent. Um, so, you know, it's awesome having you as my podcast host because I can really just buy into Aaron Rodgers, which yeah, you know, I obviously yeah. already do. Oh, I'm never going to tell you that it's going to be bad. You know, I don't know about any – I don't know if any of you guys saw it, but but back in the day, Blake <laughs> went a little viral for a video when he ordered an Odell poster and got a Tom Brady poster instead. Um, Blake's dad's a Giants fan. He's like a low-key Giants fan after the Colts. Big OBJ guy. So, yeah, these are – these. this is huge for Blake to really – like we're getting him to go from – I cover the Jets to I am a Jets fan. Yeah, yeah, and and the Odell stuff, like, obviously his career took a little bit of a dip after those first two seasons, but I was like, no, this guy is on pace to be the greatest receiver of all time. I was writing for Stampede You had him Blue. first touchdown in the Rams, touch, in the Rams yeah, Super Bowl? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had him MVP, and he tore his ACL in the, in the mm-hmm. second quarter, I think. Um, yeah. But I was working for Stampede Blue, which is SB Nation's page for the Colts, and it was at the time that Odell had requested his trade and he wasn't traded to the Browns yet. And I wrote this huge article of like his pace that he was on. It was like right. Randy Moss tier numbers or not even Randy. It might've been, no, it was Jerry Rice, like pace for numbers. God and damn. it was just like, I want this guy so bad on the Colts. And obviously he's taking a little bit of a dip. So the stock isn't there, but you give me him with Aaron Rodgers next season. Whoo boy. I'm going to get both their that jerseys. That 12, 13 is going to look nice. Let's go. All right, let's go. Jets Super Bowl. God, this is the most excited I think we we're really starting to get into the hype here. Can you imagine? Like, I, I we do think that the Rodgers one will go through, but imagine if none of those guys sign with the Jets, they'll go elsewhere. I know that would suck. But ben Jones is over. It, like it wouldn't the be like the end of the world, but it for me, it's like we gotta get Calais Campbell. That's the that's the main one. Yeah. But but I really do think that Odell. Like, has, has there even been, like, rumors about other teams? Like, to me, it just seems like Odell is going to be a Jet. All that there has been is that he met with the Ravens today when we're recording this and that there was a What, he's going to go to the Ravens he, without a quarterback? Or even – yeah, exactly. Or, and then the other was that there was a point that early in the offseason, him and um, OBJ and – Brian Dable had talked a little bit, but they haven't even done like a formal meeting. So outside of that, the Rams want him back. Um, but yeah. that's really all that's been coming they're out. They're still keeping his locker. Remember last offseason, they were like, they were like we're not touching we're, your locker. Not touching your I think locker. they went all year, all year with that Odell locker. <laughs> not after the, no, they gave it to Baker by the time he came in because they knew they Imagine were Imagine how friends. mad you'd have to be as like a, as like a, like a fringe player and like, you walk you in, still you still have like the walk on lockers and you're like give me fucking this one like this fucking he doesn't guy's have not a knee. on the team <laughs> we got another fucking player wearing three no <laughs> uh, that'd be great but yeah no it'll be interesting I mean, and dude a fucking a, a Jets season with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and Odell Beckham as a receiver like buckle up like things are gonna get weird for sure so but excited. as long as we make the playoffs I'll be I'll be good. Yeah. Last question. And then we'll go player that is most likely next season on the jets to wear Jersey number zero. Oh yeah. Is that a thing? That's officially a thing as of today that we are recording this. What player most likely will wear the Jersey number zero. Are there, are there restrictions or 
I think it's mostly no linemen. I think it's, yeah, I think it's skill players and DB. I think it's back seven of the defense. So linebackers. Really no D line. I'd love a D line and zero. I don't know. Maybe D line's on there. Can the, oh, can the, wait, anybody that can do the single digits can do zero. So if you, if D linemen can do single digits now, then yeah. So any of them. Because I'm imagining like, I'm imagining like Jadavian Clowney and zero. Um, Well, so already the, already came out, um, Calvin Jermaine Ridley. Johnson. I, that's, I was just going to say Jermaine would be cool with zero, but Calvin Ridley already announced instantly that he was wearing zero next year. That's sick. That's um, sick. Jermaine was going to be my pick. That was what I was going to say. Yeah, because he well, be he's guy. got 52, which isn't a great one. No. And that would be a good good way. Good switch. Like, it's not going to be any of the vets, right? So it's not going to be Lawson. It's not going to be Quinnen. It's not going to be CJ. And then that gives you like Quincy Quan if he comes back, and then the secondary, which like it's not going to be Reed or Sauce, so maybe a safety. And then on offense, I mean, fucking Jordan Wilson, that'd be cool. Zero, Jordan Whitehead with a zero. I'd be I don't know. That. I just, I'm really hoping for a Jordan Whitehead bounce back. Yeah, we need it because I'm a need big some, Jordan Whitehead need guy. Some safety, yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's interesting. Maybe I'll buy a maybe I'll buy a zero Pristash custom jersey. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. But let's right, well, uh let's get out of here we've bullshit enough now for the last 25 minutes of this as we usually do thank you guys My so much part. for yeah for listening to another episode of chasing 69 a new york jets podcast follow us on twitter at nyj underscore chasing 69 same as the youtube teddy at teddy honcho i'm at spring blake with four a's exciting times um we will not be here next week teddy will be on vacation oh, yeah. Um, and then we'll be Sorry, back guys. probably about three episodes leading up to the NFL draft. So we can talk some position groups, holes that need to be filled, guys that fit those holes. And uh, we'll keep marching on until uh, until we get to this fun and exciting 2023 NFL season led by Aaron Rodgers as quarterback for the New York Jets. Talk, oh, to, you, talk to you in two weeks. Peace. <laughs>